literacy is only several thousand years old and hit a growth spurt where it has spread so rapidly that the brain has not evolved specifically for reading. And although the brain has not evolved for the purpose of reading, the neurological benefits of reading cannot be disputed. Welcome to the Paradigm Left Podcast. I am your host, Elliot Yee, and this is episode 19. Let's talk why you need to read more books. I'm going to open up with a quote from Mark Twain. The literate person who does not read has no advantage over the person who can't read. That's worth repeating. The literate person who does not read has no advantage over the person who can't read. I apologize in advance. I'm going to be all over the place with my notes on this one. I didn't get a chance to prepare as well as I would have liked to, but I'm going to make a good go at it. I'm going to open up with some alarming statistics. Last year... 24% of the population in the United States of America read one book. Third graders, at an alarming rate of 38%, will never read a book after they finish their third grade studies. And college students who complete their bachelor's degree 40% of them will never read a book again in their lives after they graduate from college. We are no longer a society that reads books. We may be a society that reads, but there's a distinct difference between reading books and the other type of reading that we've kind of become accustomed to reading newspapers, magazines, blogs, skimming through the internet. I'm going to get into that in this episode and explain some of the differences between them. Language, words, they determine our thoughts, our perceptions, and our emotional reactions. Changing the words you use will change your thinking, It will change your emotional concepts. It'll give you greater range in your feeling repertoire. And it will change your behavior. There have been controversial citations about the statistics I'm about to throw out there. But one thing is pretty certain. And it is that children that come from more prominent economic Homes tend to hear an overwhelming amount of words of encouragement versus children that come up in poverty. And the flip side to that as well is, is children in poverty tend to hear an overwhelmingly amount of words of discouragement by comparison to children who come from a higher economic status they tend to hear fewer words of discouragement. Words are what we use 
to develop our concepts of everything in our lives. Our emotional concepts, our feelings, every label we apply to every experience and every schema we design become real because of the words we use to label them and describe them. If you don't have a word to describe an experience, that is referred to as experiential blindness. You will have no reaction to that experience. And I'll expand upon that point a little later on. The words that you have at your disposal determine your concepts. So the more words you have at your disposal, the more tools you have. The average adult supposedly knows somewhere between 20 and 30,000 words. The highly educated and literate person is in the neighborhood of 40 to 50,000 words. I'll ask you this. How do you get the words that you use in your everyday conversation, in your thoughts, in the things you say to yourself and the things you say to other, other people? Where did you get those words from? How did you learn them? How did they become a part of your backpack, so to speak? Your mind needs to be filled with proper nutrients, just like every other part of you. Your mind and your brain, they need to be fed. One of the most impactful and powerful ways you can do this is to read books. Now, reading books is considerably different than skim reading in that reading books requires focus. It requires attention. And it requires you to act actively be a part of it. So what I'm saying is this. You can read books and, be, and still be completely passive. The way to ignite synaptic growth in your brain is to read books that challenge you. Read books that challenge your beliefs, that challenge your concepts. Read books that are difficult. And be actively reading them. So write down questions, write down things that stand out to you. Consciously make wise choices in how you read. It will impact your mindset. Your mindset is everything. Work in an effort to brainwash yourself into exactly the person you want to become. Do this by choosing the right books. You have the choice as to the mindset you want to employ. You have to look for that feeling of discomfort and dissonance. That means you're growing. When you're reading something that challenges what you already believe, don't dismiss it. Go read more things to investigate and find out 
your own truth. Reading is not easy. But the more you read, the more easier it gets for you to do. Do not be discouraged if you find yourself having difficulty reading. Jim Rome talks about diseases of the mind. And in this particular speech, he speaks of ingredients that we need. Some examples he gives are using cement to mix a cake. No one would do that, right? Um, if a friend unknowingly put poison in your coffee, the intention is irrelevant because the result is the same. The point is, what you put in your mind matters. What you put into your brain matters. If you're looking to build a mindset of resilience, of empowerment, of achievement, of growth, you have to put the proper ingredients into your mind. How do you get these ingredients? Reading books. Read empowering books. Read books that will result in growth. Don't read to be distracted. Read to become a better you. Your beliefs, your thoughts, your mindsets, your expectations, they all need to disappear and be replaced if you are not where you want to be. If all of these things are not serving you, and they're not serving you if you're not achieving what you want in your life. They're not serving you if you're not traveling in the direction you want to be traveling in. You need to develop new beliefs, new ways of thinking, new mindsets, and new expectations. And the only way this happens is if you start getting those ingredients to start feeding your mind new concepts, new words, new ideas, new beliefs. About three years ago, I challenged myself to read a hundred books in a year. And this is all the premise of my first book, Change the Narrative. If you read my first book, you're, you're familiar with the story that I'm about to tell. Now, to this day, I really don't recall exactly how I came across this particular article that I was reading online, but it was an article conducted that um, research was conducted at Carnegie Mellon University about the effects of reading books on the brain. And research showed that prolonged focused reading Reading to acquire knowledge, reading to require growth and improvement physically changes the brain. It increases the amount of white matter in the brain. And this helps information to be processed more efficiently and more quickly throughout the different parts of the brain that communicate with each other. 
this same article had a link on it that was an article by the Huffington Post that spoke about the reading habits of titans in the industry. People like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Cuban, Oprah Winfrey. And it spoke about their reading habits. And it was the catalyst that pushed me to challenge myself to read 100 books in a year. It also said that most of the Fortune 500 CEOs read on average 50 to 100 books a year to improve themselves. All of these people read to improve themselves. They read hard literature. They read books about self-management, self-improvement, self-growth. So they're not reading Daniel Steele novels and um, things of that nature. You know, they're reading things that are challenging them to become bigger people, better people. So I took upon this challenge, and I actually completed 118 books in 12 months, and I read about 40 academic papers as well. Actually, the reading lists of these books, they're available in the appendix of my book, Change the Narrative. If you're not going to grab that book, you can see the book list. I posted it on my Instagram account, at Elliot underscore Yee. So... I highly recommend you challenge yourself to go through those 118 books. They were a complete game changer for me. I credit pretty much everything that I've achieved in my life over the last three years and the direction that I'm traveling in, the things that I'm doing now, and the things that I'm looking forward to doing all to my habit of reading. And those books were the ignition point. The Gutenberg printing press was developed in 1439. It changed Western civilization. Seemingly overnight, knowledge spread like fire on an accelerant. The cities of Cologne, Rome, Venice, Paris, Krakow, London, they all became centers of distribution for books. By 1500, it is estimated 8 million books were produced in Western Europe. It's not a coincidence that the Renaissance, the Scientific Revolution, and the Enlightenment periods all followed in succession the invention of the printable press in Western Europe. For the first time in a few millennia, the clergy and the church did not have a monopoly on knowledge. People were getting books, sharing ideas, sharing concepts, people were learning. There were no fMRI machines back then, but you know, brains were popping and exploding and White matter was popping up all over the place and synapses were firing. It's what led to all the inventions that followed. The explosion of science, math, innovation, and concepts of thought is a byproduct of the ability to share knowledge that books gave people. 
why do you think one of the first thing dictators do when they take over a country and come to power is burn books? Because the last thing they want is people to have a sense of history, a sense of empowerment, and they don't want people to be able to think critically. So they burn the books. It's common practice. As I said earlier, our brains have not evolved to make sense of these squiggly lines that form words and to create thoughts, emotions, and feelings behind them. It is why reading is difficult. It, re it requires us to evolve our brain to do something it is not naturally equipped to do, which is focus. Our brain's default state is to scan rapidly, to search for danger, to survive. That's why blogs are short. That's why we take so well to text, emails, and car wrecks. They don't require focus or attention and play right into our default distracted state of mind. When we develop the ability to focus, we take control. We empower ourselves to, with the ability to take control of our thought processes. That's incredibly powerful because being able to manage our thoughts means we manage what we think about. We manage how hard we can think about those things. And I had mentioned, I've mentioned this in some earlier episodes, thinking alone creates neuroplasticity changes in the brain. That happens in as little as two weeks. For whatever reason, the neurological benefits of reading books are undebatable. Whether to create the most sophisticated and emotionally complex pieces of literature, poetry, or to recall historical events, or develop manuscripts to share that empower independent and critical thought, reading books develops in us a superpower many are not aware of potentially exists. Now, you hear it all the time. People knock people who read books. People use words like book smart. People use words like street smarts. I won't get into comparing different types of intelligences because there are numerous types of intelligences. But I challenge anyone to be able to come forth with a process that delivers the neurological benefits of reading books. All the Netflix documentaries in their library do not have the same effect of reading one single book on a particular topic. Watching television, watching anything on a screen is passive. It's been scientifically proven that excess screen time of any kind kills brain cells. 
whereas reading books increases the synaptic tree branch to grow in your brain and connect different parts of the brain. People who think that they're not good at reading are probably right because they don't do enough of it. Reading books is difficult, but it is rewarding, and it is something that many of us need to start doing more of. After my book challenge, I've committed to reading no less than one book a week, as if my life depends on it, because in my mind, it does. I started taking notes when I was reading books, even before I decided to write anything, only because I would come across things that were so profound, I wanted to be able to refer back to certain passages and certain phrases and certain sayings. And along the way in my book challenge, I had learned that when you write something down that you've read, you increase greatly your ability to recall it. And if you take something that you've written down from a book you're reading and you use it in a sentence or a paragraph that you construct, you greatly enhance your probability of using that, that phrase, sentence, paragraph, or word when you speak. This is the process where you could change who you are. This is the process of priming the subconscious, increasing the number of words you use, increasing the frequency of the words you use, using more empowering words that are in your vocabulary. I don't see any reason why someone would not want to improve themselves in this regard. Because it only puts you in a direction to achieve more and experience more. We have 50 trillion cells in our body. Every seven years, each and every one of those cells is replaced. Which means, physically speaking, you are not who you are every seven years or so. You are completely, physically a new person. But what stays the same? Your thoughts, your thinking, your mindset, your habits. And the only way those things change is if there's an introduction of new knowledge, new words, new material. Knowledge changes your world because it changes how you look at things. It changes how you think about things and that changes how you feel about things which in turn changes your behavior. You want to create change in your life. You want to do more things. You want to experience more things. Start with changing how you think, changing your mindset. That's only going to come when you start changing the words you use on a regular basis. And you are not going to learn new words unless you start reading books. You are not going to start learning new concepts 
until you start reading books. You're not going to start learning how to create and formulate new ideas, how to be critical in your thought process by challenging your existing beliefs until you start reading certain types of books. If you're going to just stay who you are by choice, then that's fine. But if you're like most people who are looking to do more, to experience more, and to achieve more, you need to start reading more books. There are two certainties in my life that I've come to realize over these last few years. One is I will go to the grave never reading all the books that I want to read. And I read on average one to two books a week. But there are so many books that I want to sink my teeth into. I just know I'll never get around to doing it. And the other thing is I know I will not be able to travel to every city, state, country that I would like to. But I can always read about that. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback about today's episode, please direct message me on Instagram at Elliot underscore ye. Don't forget, check out those 118 books if you have any interest in that. Also, if you're interested in any speaking engagements or communication workshops, float me an email at paradigmleft at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.